chance rants number whatever it is. <laughs> I didn't check before I started recording. <laughs> Maybe I'll rant about preparation another time. As soon as I master the art. <laughs> Look. I was talking with some of my brothers within the liminal order. The fraternal organization founded by Jack Murphy. And we were talking about the way in which fourth generation warfare has been playing out. And I won't go much deeper into what was discussed in there because that's private and not for mass consumption. But what I will talk about is a point that I brought up and I feel it's worth repeating to you folks. See, here's the thing. Well, okay, look. Many decades ago, especially after the end of World War II, the collectivists, Marxists, communists, socialists, these types, in combination with the sort of undermining of the concepts of truth and reality by the works of the postmodernists coalesced into the mind of a very remarkable man named Antonio Gramsci. And Gramsci's work is one of the seminal works of how one might begin to uproot an entrenched hegemony over the long haul since uprooting a hege hegemony in the short term requires blood, essentially, requires traditional warfare, and even then, you've only uprooted the leadership and not the ideology for which the leadership was allegedly representing. So what Gramsci proposed was that what you needed to do if you wanted to crumble the foundations of the current hegemony was to play the long game. The long march to the institutions. And essentially what this meant was that you undermined the media and the education and the local governance capabilities and messaging and institutions and then began to infiltrate into higher and higher ranks until eventually through the tools of sowing distrust, discord, discomfort and confusion you could undermine the united narrative under which a country must operate if it is to stay united in actuality. And if you consider the state of modern politics, modern media, modern education, you can see that not only was this strategy implemented, but that it was highly effective. For there's little to no distrust in government, or excuse me, little to no trust in government, little to no trust in the political apparatus at large, little to no trust in the media, little to no trust 
in the integrity and capability of educational system, especially that of the higher learning system, but even in the grade school, K through 12 system here in the United States. And this is true across the world, pretty much. Though there is less discontent with some of these things in places like Europe, given that they are less inclined throughout most of Europe to be aligned with the idea of personal sovereignty and minimal government. But the point remains that these institutions have been largely corrupted or at least reshaped over the course of, let's say, the last seven to eight decades in the United States. And it was my point that we can't merely re-infiltrate the institutions that were infiltrated by the Gramscian Marxists, the socialists, the collectivists, and undermined because the integrity and the trust have been crumbled and there's not really any way to assume the, assume the crown, so to speak, or to repopulate these organizations without filling the shoes that have been shaped to these twisted feet, which will necessarily shape the message with a certain flavor, a certain character, with certain tendencies and characteristics that if one desired to operate with integrity and with genuine communication and and trust, then you wouldn't want to even repopulate these institutions and take the next two to three generations to reshape them into something that you hope they might begin to resemble. We don't have that long. I mean, if if it went another three generations like it's going now, the United States would cease to be. That's just straight up. Look at the division. Look at the divide in the politics and the culture and the media. It's not necessarily that extreme when you look at your neighbor, but sometimes it is, and more and more frequently it is. All the rallies, Antifa, Proud Boys, MAGA hats, Pussy hats. I mean, it'd be laughable if it wasn't so sad. So my point, getting back around to it, was that we needed to cut out the cancer of the existing institutions and to replace them with something more functional. Now, I realize that the apparatus of government is perhaps less feasible to be able to do something like that with, but what you need to understand is that the government apparatus has not served the people sufficiently ever, really, but for a long time especially. Because the government is supposed to exist to preserve your personal sovereignty, to make sure that nobody infringes upon it. But the problem with a bureaucratic government system is that a bureaucracy always grows itself. And pretty soon, rather than holding true to the mission, it holds true to preserving itself. It's like a living being. It doesn't want to die. 
it wants to grow and expand and to create copies of itself and integrate those copies into its broader scheme, similar to a family-run business, right? So what I'm saying is, fuck the mainstream media. Never mind those guys. What we need to do is to continue to invest our time and our attention and our money, frankly, into things like this, podcasts, into decentralized media, where a whole bunch of people can gather around this podcast or another podcast, and we can cross-pollinate between podcasts, and we can create even podcast networks. But this podcast centers around my ideas and the people that I find who I want to investigate what they have to offer and then to offer you guys. And I'm speaking the Logos and Trivical podcast, not necessarily Chance Rants. This is just me ranting at you. But the idea is that in order for us to really take control of the media in a way that we can ensure that our dollars and our time and our attention are spent on the people who are promoting the things that will allow us to have the freedom to choose our own path. We can't have it be some multinational conglomerate organization that's interested only in preserving itself and its bottom line. And that's the same thing for the government. I mean, if you ask anybody sensible and you say, hey, who would be better at concerning themselves appropriately with the concerns of the community? A government of the community or a government 2,000 miles away who's never interacted with a single member of the community? Most people would say, well, the local government would. And that's exactly right. To me, if we're going to have a federal government, the power of the federal government in its day-to-day operations needs to be counter-proportional to how far it is away from the location of application, meaning the closer the government is to the place that it is governing, the more power it should have versus those institutions that are further away. So the federal government should have the least amount of say in what goes on in your day-to-day life, and then the state, and then the county, and then the city, and then right down to your neighborhood, and then right down to your personal sovereignty. And The government should never infringe upon your rights. It should only protect them. And it should do so through voluntary taxation, not theft. That's, that's, and to be honest, I'm a minarchist. I'm a practical libertarian or a a practical anarchist. I, I realize that some people will not govern themselves. They just won't. And so what are the apparatus that we need in place to help make sure that the people who won't govern themselves won't infringe upon the ability of those who will to do so? And there needs to be something in place, and I'm not sure exactly how we transition between there. I have some ideas, but obviously um, I'm not in a position to implement them. I'll be talking with people who maybe are in positions of influence in the coming weeks and months and maybe you'll get some ideas about how things might happen and maybe you want to step into a position of leadership to begin to dismantle some of these power structures but the point is if we want good media we don't invest our time or our attention or our money into the mainstream juggernauts we invest it into the people and the media and the content that promotes our ability to be free 
and promotes our interests and our best interests and our well-being. If we want to revolutionize the government, we can't just simply step into these broken institutions that have been corrupted over the last seven or eight decades by the long march through the institution Gramscian types. We have to begin to build new operations to relocalize the government and to take the power back into the hands of the people who are actually affected by the policies. If we want to have an effective education system, then number one, we need to have a education system that is not set up to create factory drones in the K-12, through and we need to be able to have some self-directed learning, and we need to pull the brakes off of people's ability to educate themselves in the things that are interesting and useful to their own lives. There really ought to be the ability for a very bright student of the age of, say, 10, to be able to go as far down a certain track that interests him or her as they possibly can, as long as they're meeting a certain, let's say, minimum standard of functionality. Meaning, instead of basing our K-12 through education on whether or not we've learned the fake history and the fake sociology and the, and the, fake, the other fake bullshit that they shove down the throats and then do a bad job teaching them things like grammar and mathematics, maybe we teach them the things that are actually useful, like managing personal finances, like managing your mentality, like learning how to learn new skills and implement them into your life, like how to pursue the things that interest you and monetize them, like how to run a business or be an effective part of a business or a team, like all these things that are the skills that allow you to develop any of these other skills, and we don't teach hardly any of those things to our kids because that's not what the system's actually designed to do, and then we need to abolish most of these institutions of higher education. They're a joke. They're a joke. The arts degrees... I mean, the humanities degrees especially, chuck them. Chuck them all. I tell you what, I'll give you a reading list of ten books, and I'll have you have an education in humanities that's so much more useful and so much deeper and richer than the shit you're going to get at most of these institutions that it will blow your mind. So my point is, if we want to have better systems, we need to begin to build and invest in these better systems and in the people and the teams who are going to step up and make these happen. Because if not, then our current climate of division and of the crumbling of the foundations and of the spirit of this great nation and of the abundance it brought to this beautiful world is going to continue to decline and divide and what's left at that point but chaos and bloodshed. Chance rants out.